Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Random Chatter Reviews. This is episode number 379. I am joined tonight by Tim and Eric, and we are here to discuss the, the new releases and stuff we've been watching for the last week or so. Uh, first off, uh, Eric, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing much better now. I had a stomach flu this week and Ooh. was bedridden. Ooh, that's for, not good. Well, bed slash couch ridden for a couple of days. It was... Yeah, probably the worst illness I've had in 10 years. It was bad. That is. Yeah, um, stomach issues are never fun. And it took me days of just chugging Gatorade to to finally rehydrate. But I'm feeling much better now. Still good, good, uh, good. still a little bit recovering, but very, very happy to be back here on a podcast and, and getting to do something fun to wrap up the week. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Tim, Tim, how are you? Uh, Doing well. Doing well. Excited to be here. Uh, we we just did a great episode of Force Chatter talking about uh, the new Kenobi teaser. Right. Yeah. Um, and talked about uh, some you know we, news is starting to come out about Star Wars celebrations. So we're getting excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've got Moon Knight coming up the end of this month. So yes. I'm really right. stoked about yeah. that. So yep. yeah, I'm very excited about that. Some cool stuff. But in the meantime, we have stuff that we've all watched this past week. Um, so kind of first up here, um, this is the pay-per-view streaming um, piece, I guess, that I have not seen yet. But you guys, I think, did watch this. Uh, the newest Scream movie, which is just titled I, Scream. I did see it. Tim, did you see it? I did not, no. Okay, just there. Oh, okay. All right. So well, I'm sure uh, there are a lot of other people that saw it, too. But none no, of them No, it was cute. just Eric. Oh, Eric's the only, the only oh, okay. person... <laughs> Hollywood made this film just, just for, for you. Right, right. They said, you know, we're sorry for having created the pandemic. Um, we're going to make you this film to make up for it. And I said, yeah, it's not enough, but it's a good start. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's uh, so this is the 2002 um, reboot of Scream. And I say that very specifically. And it, it's interesting because I think that when people talk about remakes versus reboots versus relaunches and this and that, all this different terminology for these things, I think that this is the best example of the difference between a reboot and a remake. Um, okay. Something like Child's Play would be a remake. They took the original movie and they made a new version of it. This is, the franchise has kind of died out. And they are relaunching the franchise, rebooting the franchise without getting rid of the stuff that came before it. Okay. So, um, I, so I, I see it's got all the same names we had before, right? We have, um, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox. Mostly. Yeah. Okay. So some brief background. I will keep it brief. I loved the original Scream movie. I thought it was nice to see them do something that was different, something that was meta, which wasn't really done at the time. I thought it was clever. I thought the reveal of who the killer killers were, uh, again, something we normally don't get to see. Uh, and I really liked it. The, the movies after that was kind of stringing it along a little bit and, you know, they're, they're never, especially in the horror movie franchise, sequels say, are almost never. Like horror movies do, it's like we get 18 right. versions of the same thing. It's like, oh, please. Yeah, and yeah. and this kind of fell. Um, I haven't seen the first one since it came out, but I remember being oh, really? kind of new and fresh uh, for, yeah, for what I, it was. Um, and I don't I remember the exact end of it, but I, I think I want to go back and watch it again now. 
I think it holds up. I've, I've seen it relatively recently. And even the sequels, they weren't bad. They just weren't nearly as good. Not nearly as good. Um, this one was pretty good. They didn't... They they did kind of try to do something new with it. Um, and the things that weren't new about it were intentional. And the movie kind of explained why. And it was a little bit of a commentary on reboots and remakes and, you know, horror movies and things like that. Kind of like the first one was. It was kind of meta. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a an annoying way like the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> uh but in a way that actually fit the story and made sense better, I think, with the story. Uh, and it wasn't perfect, but I liked it. If you like the first Scream movie and are ambivalent toward the others, you will probably enjoy this. It's not going to be your favorite movie ever. It might not even be your favorite horror movie, but it's worth a watch. It was clever and uh, it was good. And they didn't rely on the old characters enough to break the story or to cause to be a big happy reunion sort of thing. Like they really was focused on the new characters and the older characters were only in a supporting role, but it made sense for them to be there. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was surprised that it didn't suck. (laughs) That's I was was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it really is honestly, because when you do something like this, you expect it to kind of suck. Right. Uh, It didn't, it was, it was at least solidly good. Um, some people will probably say it's very good. I don't know if I'm at that point, but yeah, I don't regret watching it at all. I was happy to have watched it. Okay. Awesome. Maybe something to check out. Uh, next up we have a Netflix release. Um, this is a new Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, called the Adam project that mm-hmm. we got a trailer for maybe a month ago. And I think we we're all pretty hyped for it back when that first came out. And of course, you know, I, I look forward to everything Ryan Reynolds does, so it's it's it was, it was yeah. anticipated for that reason. Um, Ryan Reynolds is my spirit animal. <laughs> Have we all seen this? All three of us? Yes. Yes. Awesome. And uh, Tim, what do you think? Uh, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, good movie. It was. Um, I mean, it's a little tropey. Uh, it's it's a time travel movie. Um, you know, that's that's not a big spoiler. And so you kind of get some common tropes that go along with it. Um, but it was fun. It, it's very, it's a very, very Ryan Reynolds movie where he makes references to other things that he's been in, other mm-hmm. roles that he's played, other things that he's said. Um, and it's not like super heavy handed, but you have some of these, you know, fun little things here and there. Um, and it was well done. It was a good story. I, d- d- despite being, um, despite being a little tropey, it was overall a pretty good story. I, I, I liked it. And mm-hmm. and it has a, uh, an, an all Marvel, uh, leading cast. Aside from uh, the younger version of him, True. and not MCU Marvel, we're speaking broadly in Marvel. True. True. The villain was she in a Marvel movie? Uh, oh no, she's not. That's right. But the main cast, she yeah. she is not. But you're 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 th- the the three main characters. Right now, now Eric, we're going to cover this more in detail tomorrow night when we do um, our, our, our our new show. But yes. what what are your quick nutshell uh, thoughts on this movie? So I came at it from two different per- perspectives. One as a, a movie fan who really likes Ryan Reynolds and really likes time travel and really likes a lot of the recent Netflix stuff. But then also as a parent whose son I know is going to be interested in this. Um, and I had kind of mixed feelings about it. Uh, regarding my son, there are some concerns I have about it 
that I think parents will care about. Okay. Um, I can see that. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, they don't realize they do this, but there's this kind of a, a double standard. They say, oh, parents need to do a better job of parenting their kids these days, which is true. Uh, there's almost a, a complete lack of parenting. Uh, and then yet, when there's content that comes out that has some questionable questionable representations of, of heroes and, and normalizes certain behavior, then people are like, oh, you're overreacting. Just let it go. It's just a movie, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It is just a movie. But when just a movie is so often the babysitter. Mm-hmm, true. Uh, and the yep. things that the kids yep. get excited about. Now they are kind of idolizing and normalizing this behavior. And then you wonder why they act that way. And then when they act that way, you get all pissed off about it. Well, yeah. garbage in, garbage out. This is what you're feeding them. This mm-hmm. is what they're going to throw up in your lap. Right. You so, know, it's kind of funny. When you started talking about that, I kind of glanced back at IMDb here to see what it was rated because I, I wasn't even sure. Yeah. And I think it, it, it plays a little older than PG-13. Um, what is it rated TV 14? No, PG 13. Oh, it's P. Oh yeah. Cause it's yep. a movie. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. But, and that's the thing. It like, still it's, feels like it's on the verge of, uh, is it really PG 13 or not? Yeah. Well, and to go back to what you were saying, Tim. Um, and again, we're going to discuss it in more detail tomorrow night, uh, 8 30 PM Eastern on Monday. Uh, mind the, the time change now, GMT minus five. I felt like it was a little tropey. And so there were a lot of the, plot elements and themes that would fit to a younger audience. But then there was a lot of the language mm-hmm. and the violence and bullying and stuff that was like, not exactly what I w- would want to be promoting to my kid either. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. dealing with, you know, the child dealing Major, with yes. his father and everything else. And yeah. yeah. So there were some, um, some deeper themes there too, mm-hmm. but there was also like them not reacting well mm-hmm. to, to those yeah. things. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take it apart a little bit more tomorrow, but overall, like it was a good movie. Um, it was not quite as good as I was hoping it would be, but I still enjoyed it and I still thought it was fun. Okay. Uh, I still recommend yeah, it. I'm looking forward to taking this part more in detail tomorrow night, but I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that I, I, I kind of forgave the, some things that really weren't quite scientifically thought out <laughs> real well. Um, yeah. but it was, a, it was a fun popcorn movie. I looked at it as, and it wasn't meant to be a real high tech sci-fi, you know, Oh, let's make sure we get all the science right for this. Um, but like, like when the, was... the, the, you look up in the trees and you see the trees and someone hits a button and the ship decloaks, you're <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute, what happened to the tops of all the trees? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, the one thing that was cool about this movie and I thought this was amazing. I got to look up the kid's name. Um, Walker Scoble played an amazing, um, young Adam or young Ryan Reynolds in this case. I mean, yeah. the kid was yeah, spot really on for how. <laughs> I would have thought Ryan Reynolds should have reacted as, as a young yeah, kid. Yeah, he, he he did this. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is you know has that that you know quippy sense of humor that he has in basically every single movie. He's fundamentally typecast himself. Yes, um, because he does play kind of the same role. Um, and yeah, this this kid captured pretty well. You know that smartass version, mm-hmm. smartass kid version of him. So it didn't um, fit for me. Really? No. It felt oh. heavy-handed. It felt like. Okay, you can tell Ryan Reynolds specifically wrote this dialogue himself. 
He specifically coached the kid in how to deliver it, which is fine. It, it was heavy. He didn't break anything for me. It was I thought okay, it was. I thought, it was, I thought like, it was meant no. to be that way. Well, like this was really. No, well it, it was definitely. Yeah. And, but that's my point. Like it was so clearly meant to be okay. this way that it's like, uh, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> he's he's now, being Ryan Reynolds. He's not being the character. But I guess I would have sure. rather. It felt like it was a character rather than it felt like it was a kid doing a Ryan Reynolds impression. And he did a good Ryan Reynolds impression, but it felt like it was an impression. Yeah. Okay. Kid did, did good, though. Like, I, I got no complaints about the kid. Uh, there, there is a bit of uh, news related to this, though, and that is that. Uh, so the director was Sean Levy. Uh, Sean Levy yeah. also uh, directed uh, Free Guy, which yeah. also had Ryan Reynolds. He, but he also has uh, executive producer, producer, and director credits for Stranger Things, um, Last Man Standing, uh, Cheaper by the, by the Dozen, One and Two, and the new reboot thing that's coming out, uh, the internship, Night at the Museum films, all sorts of stuff. He has a really a, – a, a pretty good filmography behind him along with some, some series that he's done. Um, clearly, he and Ryan Reynolds have hit it off. Uh, he will be the director for Deadpool 3. I have mixed feelings about this. Um, on one side, I know someone who worked on the first Deadpool movie and uh, opted to not work on the second Deadpool movie because of the new director they were pulling in. Um, it was not good Sean that, Levy. Huh? It was not Sean Levy. It was not Sean Levy. Correct. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the second Deadpool movie. But I, it's good because... Uh, Sean Levy, if he has a good rapport with Ryan Reynolds, maybe that'll work out for Deadpool 3 because Ryan Reynolds is very heavily involved with oh, yeah. the creative yeah. side of Deadpool 1 and 2. In fact, mm. uh, one of the issues that this person didn't like about going into Deadpool 2 was this new director he felt like was a yes man for Ryan Reynolds mm. and that that was going to take away from some of the stronger story structure that Ryan Reynolds then does a good job of laying over with these other things. Sure, sure. But Sean Levy is good on his own. Uh, so that helps. But then, like, you look at things like Free Guy, and you're like, yeah, let's get Sean Levy in there. And then you look at Night of the Museum, part 17, and you're like, or who else is available that weekend? <laughs> well, but, but I mean, also keep in mind, I mean, if you look at them, and I haven't seen all the Night at, at the Museum films, um, but I've seen a, a pretty good amount of the guys, at least more popular uh, filmography representation. Yeah. And even if it was something that I really didn't particularly like, just kind of thinking back at the directing, like, OK, the directing was pretty good. You have a good mm -hmm. mix of like the night museum films. You have a good mix of effects, live action stuff, you know, the, the when they were like miniature people to when they're full size people and all that. So the directing of those things was was pretty good and and. So yeah. we just and sometimes I do the same thing, too. Like, oh, wow, they did. They were involved in that. Oh, I don't like that. Therefore, this person must suck. Um, so sometimes I have to remind myself, like, OK, take a step back. I might not have liked it, but was, you know, whatever we're talking about, was the writing good? Was the directing good? Was, you know, right. what mm -hmm. was it, you know, and, and, and why didn't I like it simply right. because it right. wasn't my thing, because the acting was bad, because whatever. Um, yeah. And that's the key you know, thing. Like the Adam project, it was well-directed. Sean Levy did yeah. a good job with it. I have some issues with kind of the, I guess the story concept and some of the writing that's not on yeah. Sean Levy. Yeah. So, so who's I'm, I'm writing Deadpool three is the question. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to yeah. learn a lot of that a writer. Yeah. 
And, and and I, you know, not to dwell on this because that's not what this show's about. But yeah, but it's uh, Deadpool, so it's still good. Well, but yeah, I mean, with with what you mentioned, Eric, with with Ryan Reynolds, um, and for as much as we love Ryan Reynolds, I can absolutely see him being a very heavy-handed creator. Yeah. Um, because and and I don't necessarily mean it in a bad way, but I think there can be some outcomes of that because he is so like upfront. He's very like, this is my opinion of how this character should be done, which again is kind of, it's become all Ryan Reynolds characters now, um, which is fine because I appreciate that stereotype in every movie that he's been in. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine he's kind of like, you know, creatively intimidating a little bit for, for folks who might be on the set thinking, Wow, maybe it should really go this way, but Ryan keeps saying it has to go that way. Well, okay. Well, part you of, know, part of it is he is legitimately funny. So, like, what he oh, comes he up is. with, it's not crap. Like, it's good hmm. stuff. You would be stupid yeah. not to take it. And yeah. he does have a history of collaborating well with people. Like, he's not a jerk. Sure. And he really has taken ownership of that Deadpool character. Like, that Deadpool character would not be what it is. Yeah. If it were. If it were not for his specific creative involvement in the direction of that character, he right. helped sculpt that character. Yeah. Who and better to bring genius. on? Oh, and there's that, too. Oh, he has been, yeah. I mean, yeah. especially, he, you know, he, he did do a lot of stuff for the first Deadpool movie, but for the second Deadpool movie, he was everywhere marketing oh, the yeah. crap out of everything in, like, weird things that you didn't even think were, like, Deadpool ads. And then all of a sudden, it is. And, you know, but he does his thing for Mint Mobile. He does his thing for Aviation Gin. Uh, actually, darn it. I didn't catch Aviation Did you see Gin. the commercial for the Atom Project? I saw the commercial for the Atom Project. The, the but one I with him and not... Mark Ruffalo and then bringing in. Um, um, yeah, uh, Doc Brown. Uh, Christopher um, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. 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 Which I was, did was not great. spot. Like his last several movies have had. Uh, bottles of aviation gin somewhere in the movie, and I did not spot it in Adam Project. Did, did you guys? I know I did not. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's in there somewhere because he has managed to put aviation gin everywhere. Um, even though he's not even an owner anymore, but they basically are still paying him out the eyeballs for for marketing. Right. Right. Nice. Okay. Well, moving along here. Um. Tim, you saw something called Domino Masters on Fox. Tell us about Domino Masters. So, um, you know, we've all watched Lego Masters. Lego Masters is pretty cool. Yeah, it's creative. Good. You get to these great personalities and, and you know, kind of a cheesy setup. But you you really the centerpiece of it is these these competition builds that they have. Um, Some of which, which are, are pretty spectacular. incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. really are. So um, also on Fox. They just premiered uh, a few days ago, Domino Masters. And so basically the same principle to build things out of dominoes. You know how you have like you put all your dominoes in a row and you, you push mm -hmm. one over and then they all fall. Um, and so they're making these really, really huge, elaborate things like doing really cool things with dominoes. And, you know, dominoes can go upstairs and they involve other props that do things so like a domino will fall and trigger something else that will then, you know, have a ball go down a corkscrew, which like then hits a domino down there. And, yes, yes, yes. So uh, some really cool things. Um, the problem is, is that it is uh, the setup of it is even cheesier than Lego Masters. 
and I wasn't quite sure that was even possible. <laughs> um, Eric Stone Street is the is the host, and I really like Eric Stone Street as an actor. Um, uh, he was from um, Modern Family. Yep. Uh, Cam from oh, Modern yes. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really great mm-hmm. actor. Very funny guy. It's just the writing of the the whole facilitation hosting thing is just way mm. overboard. And and sometimes the personalities of the competitors. I mean, the last the past season of Lego Masters, I think that they were overdoing the personalities of some of the, the, the competitors. And they really pushed it even more with domino masters mm-hmm. um so it's it, it's it's interesting and and what they're doing with this is they're basically these first few episodes are setting up a tournament so there's four teams participating two teams get to move forward two teams don't and the next episode will be four new teams two teams will move forward two won't and so then okay. they'll eventually kind of create either one big competition or they'll end up doing brackets or something i don't know um but you know it it's one of those things that, okay, we watched most of it and, and we had it DVR. We will probably continue DVRing it and just fast forward through all the commentary, go straight to the builds, like the last mm-hmm. 15 minutes of the show, yeah. watch the builds, see how they all went. And that's it. Because I mean, I love Lego masters too above too mm-hmm. overboard. Even Lego Masters, you kind of want to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of shows that you fast forward a lot of that stuff out just because I don't right. need all the fluff they do. Yeah, yeah. Even stuff like The Voice and American Idol mm-hmm. and American Ninja Warrior and stuff like that. Yep, yep. But I mean, especially I, I have yeah. to ask. Yeah, dominoes. Like, there's only, and well, maybe I'm just could, ignorant of it, and I'm not really truly imagining what it is they're doing with it. But I, there are only so many things you can do with. With dominoes, like oh, there's something it, about it. I, I could watch dominoes fall for a long. I mean, it's yes, just, it, it's just it's fascinating. In yeah, you know, it really okay, um, I'll I'll check it out. I guess. I mean, you'd probably be better off just checking cool out things. dominoes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and seeing what people did creatively to do. Well, that, and but. see, that's what you know. And there's a certain like visual ASMR sort of aspect to that, and I I get that. Yeah, but I guess. Doing a, you know, and I can sit there and watch someone build Legos and that's fine too. But then Lego Masters is a whole different level of, of creativity and competition. And I guess, I don't know, I'm a little more skeptical about the domino thing, but no, I'll, I'll check it out, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it, it's, it's worth. Are you recommending it? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we you should, go. You should have led with that, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> burying the lead, like really deep down, like digging a, a coffin for it. Okay. Well, speaking of something I think Eric's going to recommend, um, Upload just came back for season two on Amazon mm. Prime. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I just finished rewatching season one because I wanted to be ready for season two. And then I forgot Upload season two came out. Was it Friday? I think it was. Well, um, it was Friday, but I kept checking in starting at 8 p.m. Thursday night to see if Amazon would drop it early, and they did. Okay. And I almost binge-watched the entire season before it officially launched, and <laughs> I had to stop myself and say, wait a minute, Eric, pace yourself. I started binge-watching something else we'll talk about in a few minutes, but um, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing season two. I, I I forgot a lot of the little details in season one. It was mm. funny, as I was going through season one, some of the comedy aspect of it struck me as being a little heavy-handed when I went through it the second time. Um, 
The and bathroom like, scene in the pilot episode, especially. Oh yeah, that was one of them. Yep. <laughs> and and honestly, when I first watched it, that worried me. I almost stopped watching the series because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be what the humor's like. And instead, it wasn't like that for the rest of the series, and it ended up being my favorite series of like the last three years to come out. It was a good series, yeah. So does season two continue that trend? So. I probably should have spaced it out so I could digest it a little better. So I've seen season one at least three times now, maybe okay. four. Season two uh, takes the story in a little bit different direction. Um, and there hasn't been a lot of story payoff yet intentionally. So I should probably hold off on commenting on the season overall until I finish it. Uh, it is good. It introduces some new themes. So one of the things I liked about the first one, which we're going to talk about soon on Media Chatter, there are a lot of different themes. Um, life and death and immortality and technology and, and advertising and corporate takeover and customer service and uh, mm -hmm. the difficulty of modern relationships and online dating. Like There's just this lit, long list of themes and you're like, holy crap, it's all over the place, except it's not. It's not all over the place. It actually addresses each of those in a very manageable way and in a very compelling way. This season, there's a couple more they throw in uh, so that there aren't as many different things going on. Uh, and it's good. Like it's a, it's a good solid continuation of the first one. I think the first one stands out like really strongly. And this second one is definitely a sophomore season. Like it's, um, I, I'm, I want to see where they're taking it. And I think once I do, then I can come back and, and speak more to it. I'm happy. I'm very happy with it so far. Uh, they kind of, it's one of those things where you kind of have to take a show like this and then send the characters off in different directions to explore and then bring them back together later on. Okay. Uh, kind of like how they did the star Wars sequel trilogy, but the wrong way. <laughs> So when the characters come back together a little bit more, like I'm just getting to that point in the season now where they're starting to come back and then some things are happening and they're very interesting things that are happening. And, and so I'm really getting into that now. Okay. Um, but the, it's a slow burn at the beginning of the season. Okay. I mean, a lot of things happen at the end of the first season that things kind of wrapped up the entire arc of that first season yeah. to go in a whole different direction. Um, yeah, there were two really big things. One was kind of the, the mystery of, of what he was trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And then there was kind of a cliffhanger that a character sprung on him in the very, 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 very last scene. Yeah. And I totally forgot about that until I I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot you. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see that in the teaser in the trailer for season two and you're like, Oh, I forgot all about that. And that plays out in a really interesting way. And it, it's going to blow up uh, before too long. So you're just kind of waiting okay. for that time bomb to go off um, while these other things are happening. So, yeah, it, it's good. Listen, I, I've said it before. Upload, I think, it, I, I can't say it's my favorite show over the last three years. Mm -hmm. That's maybe too much. But it is one of my favorite shows of the last three years. And there have been a lot of shows, a lot of stuff that's streamed. It's in my top five easily. Um, and I probably rewatched it more than anything else. There haven't been a lot of comedies or lighthearted things that have come out. Um, 
and this has a lot of heart and it has some deep things, but it also has some light and fluffy things. And it's just, it's a fun series. Yeah. I agree. Um, yep. I would hi- it, highly recommend if you haven't watched it, check yeah. out season one. If you have a prime account and mm-hmm. then um, roll right into season two, because I'm looking forward to starting that this week. Highly recommend it. Very good. Um, we're all watching BattleBots, and yes. this past week they got to the end of the regular season and heading into the round of 32 playoffs. Um, I, for one, have loved this season. There's been some great battles, some epic explosions, some epic dest- you know, destruction, oh, yeah. and boss been torn apart in two, three pieces type thing. Um, Fire and explosions, a, just epic so season. many. Yeah. Bots um, hitting the ceiling of the battle box. Yeah, yeah. And some, some new entrants, some old people coming back that I wasn't aware of because I only started watching last season. Um, but it looks to be a pretty strong tournament. Um, my only my only complaint, and Tim knows about this, my only complaint with BattleBot so far is is Rusty. Um, Rusty is, yeah. is, in my opinion, a waste of my time. It's spoiler, like... Rusty did not make the playoffs. <laughs> yes, spoiler is right. So for those who know what a buy is in, in any sort of a competition basically if you're up against rusty you, you got the buy definitely yeah but otherwise though i mean really strong competitors really good um you know round of 32 i think there yeah. is a um bracket you can print out online um yeah i believe it's at battlebots.com um yeah i've got to download that. i gotta do that too and kind of make out my bracket last year my in another was window horrible, but We'll see how we play out this year. I, I did okay. Um, yeah, my, my bracket got blown in the first round. I, I yeah. yeah, but a lot of your stuff was better after that, I think. It was. It was. A lot of my predictions later on were, were good. I mean, except, you know, the so, l- losing the person or losing the bot that I thought was actually going to win it. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my runner-up actually did make it. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah. I think it's good with the bracket. Like I enjoy downloading it and or I use my iPad and I just annotate over top of it with a pen. But um, I think that, you know, go through the first level or two and then redo it with like who's actually left over. Cause a lot yeah. of times you get a really good bot and it'll be up against a crappy bot. But if something happens where, mm, you know, yeah. the bot bounces up in the air and something becomes disconnected, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're done. So, failure or whatever. Happen. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of upsets, and I think that it's more fun if you do your initial bracket, and then when you get through like the first, the first things, and and you know, just you can do a reset. No, yeah. Nobody cares. Sure. You're not yeah. playing against anybody. Yeah. Yeah, Hit the reset up. button yeah. like halfway through, and then reevaluate based on who's left for like the last parts of the tournament. It's more fun that way. Yeah. And I- join us in our Discord server. Oh, right. And uh, post your brackets there. We'll we'll set up a channel or a place where people can do it, and uh, we'll monitor it. We'll, we'll keep the good. conversation going. Very good. Uh, now, Tim, you mentioned this one last week, and and I know I've started watching. I think Eric started watching as well too. Um, the End Game, um, yes, on NBC. And I, you were right. This was a good series to start watching. I think it's it's intriguing. Um, it does feel a lot like the Blacklist, at least from what I've seen yeah. so far, um, with just a female in that role instead of a male. But um, I'm I'm in so far. I, I, I like. Have you have you watched it yet, Eric? Have you started watching in the end game? I have. Okay. And what, uh, what are your thoughts initially? I was hooked by the end of the first episode. Okay. 
It was, um, I, I think Tim Maeve even downplayed it a little bit. Um, I, I love it. I, I think that um, Marina Baccarin does a really good job. I think the rest of the cast does a good job mm -hmm. as well. And it's been interesting to see the, the different layers of complexity of the plot. I kind of felt like, okay, well, they've overcomplicated it now. So the plot's going to become silly. So I'm going to focus on character development or something else instead. You know, you, you kind of sometimes have to say, okay, well, they kind of screwed up over here. So I'm going to go over there instead and, and sure. look at it through a different lens. But it really hasn't like the, the complexities of the plot have held up and I really like it. I'm fully caught up. And as soon as I see a new episode drops, I watch it. Yeah, I'm um, not fully caught up yet, um, but I, I've only seen the first episode. But the first episode did hook me really hard. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing I watched, more of that. I think the first was it the first three and then the fourth one dropped recently. Uh, yes. OK. Yeah. And, and as soon as I saw the fourth one dropped, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm. I'm watching this now yeah like i think today. i watched the first one on peacock and i've got the other ones now on my dvr recording weekly so yeah. I'm, I'm in um it's so, good it is it's very good so we're in about a half hour now we're going to kind of blitz through the rest of our stuff here we don't have anything really high profile yet here um to finish out the show one thing i'm a big fan of is i watch formula one and there's a documentary series on netflix called the drive to survive they just did season four. So they'll recap the last season and they do 10 episodes and they really dig into each team or a certain aspect of what was going on in the season between either drivers or a team or a you know owner of the team or what happened. Um, and it's kind of a no holds barred kind of reveal all really in-depth documentary which I, which I love about this and you see the inside stuff going on and it's you know it's not filtered there's swearing there you know it's people get heated when there's you know auto racing stuff going on and you're in the heat of the moment and yeah it's people are blatantly <laughs> brutal with what they're saying um mm. but it's cool to hear what's going on behind the scenes because there's millions of dollars at stake in formula one and these guys are getting paid a lot of money and the teams have a lot of money behind them um, in fact, one of the teams, uh, U.S. team, uh, Haas Racing, they were sponsored last year by an oligarch from Russia um, mm. because his son wanted the drive. So, you know, if your daddy has a lot of money and uh -huh. you, you pay for a lot of the team, you get your son to drive. And he was doing horribly. And, and now he's not on the team because they've since disenfranchised themselves from him in Russia and everything else. So. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's called the uh, the Drive to Survive. It's season four on Netflix. I highly recommend it if you're into Formula One and and or motorsports in general. Um, I've binged through nine of the ten episodes already. So, wow, <laughs> almost nice. Um, Eric, you said you watched the after party finale. Yeah, yeah, I got all the way through it, okay. and it I'm was satisfying. It. It's it's fun. I'm, I'm I'm about probably halfway through. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. It, it's I feel like shows like this recently, we've gotten through to the end and especially if it's like a murder mystery sort of thing. And it's been kind of like, uh, OK, I guess. And I kind of felt that way with um, uh, Only Murders in the Building. I loved that series. The ending, I felt it was a little bit predictable. And then the final episode was like, eh, OK, it, it's OK. But I, the, the series itself was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, The job. Woman in the House across the street from the girl in the window loved the series all the way up to the finale saw the finale i'm like oh hell no <laughs> that oh, was just okay. that was i haven't finished that either my wife that was stupid finish it finish it yeah, and gonna. there's going to be a season two and it looks like maybe the season two might be good but like 
you'll know exactly what I'm talking about okay. when you get to the finale. <laughs> and it's okay because the journey was worth it. Okay. But this I, th I thought was good. After Party, the finality was uh, was very satisfying, and I thought it was a good series all the way through. And even so, it's one of those things where it doesn't even matter who the killer was. This show was just – it was a good show, and it was fun. Uh, and then I also saw the finale. for I binged the whole Space Force season two. Okay. Uh, it was good. I think it was more well-written than the first season. Okay. I don't think it was necessarily as epic – as the first season, like the overall story arc, I thought was very uh, low key, but it was still a good show and it was still fun. Okay, cool. Uh, neither one of those have I finished, but I've started all of them, but <laughs> we'll get to them eventually. They're worth finishing. They're good. Okay. Uh, Tim, you're still working your way through BSG? Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, gotten to, I think, episode 12 of season three. Okay. Um, really just still continue to be solidly impressed with it. I love the story. I love everything that they're doing with it. Um, and really the only other thing for me is uh, Beat Saber did an update a few days ago. Um, oh, have you guys, have you guys played it yet? The new, I have not played the new, new episode or new uh, version of it. No, so they, I've got a, I've, I've got the old hacked version so that I can do custom songs. So I'm going to have to over, I've got to decide whether to overwrite that or not for the new version. Gotcha. Um, they do. So you, you have a slate of new songs in it and they do, uh, some different game mechanics in it where you are, um, if you've, uh, uh, happen to play like supernatural, um, the, the fitness app that they have on there, uh, where there is a mode with that, where you're basically following a particular flow where they, you know, kind of have these, uh, like, you know, waves that you're, you have to follow with your controllers and stuff. Um, that's something that they integrate into, uh, this periodically in, in Beat Saber and where you, you know, hit one block and then you're having to follow this particular flow with your saber to then hit another block. Usually it just begins and then ends with one and that's it. There are some that you're like hitting multiple blocks along the way. Hmm. Um, it can be a challenge because you're doing that with one hand while you're just like regularly hitting blocks with another hand um, or you're doing two of these uh, you're doing one with each hand and they're offset and they're both different and you're having to do still completely different things. Oh, it's cool. uh, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a different element. Um, it's not like, you know, kind of the fast and furious, like hack and slash uh, type of thing. So you have to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, your, your mentality with it. But uh, yeah, I played them today and they were, they were pretty good. They were cool. pretty challenging. I'll so have to update that. Yeah, I, I haven't been back on my Oculus lately because I've been playing a lot of my PS5 because uh, Sony released Gran Turismo 7 um, last week, and I've just mm -hmm. been solidly in that. It's the same game it was back from, like, version 2 and 3 when it was really good, and they got away from that, went to, like, a more online thing, the last version, which I really didn't like. This one is solidly back in the original Gran Turismo camp. You um, have missions, you, you get cars, you stock your garage up, you upgrade your cars. Um, like usual, the physics are amazing. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's a very, very cool, um, racing simulator like it always has been. So I've been playing that nice. quite a bit. Um, and that's about it. I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. So, um, so anything you guys have watched that you want us to talk about, let us know, or something that we should be watching that we haven't been catching up on, please tell us. Um, you can check us out on Discord. You can let us know there. Um, otherwise, um, down in the comments below here, if you're watching this on that's YouTube. right. Yeah. yeah. YouTube, if you're watching this here, you can do that. Mm -hmm. 
Otherwise, Eric, why don't you take us home? All right. You know, I just, as you were talking about uh, that, I, I added a BattleBots channel to our Discord server and posted the link that will take you directly to the bracket so you can download it, annotate it yourself, and post it back there. And we can kind of uh, follow how we're each doing throughout the end of the season here through the tournament um, to do that or talk about the upcoming Kenobi show or the Moon Knight show that's coming up or anything else that's come out on Netflix or HBO Max or Disney Plus or whatever, randomchatter.com slash discord. If you've got a Discord account, that's an invite link. It'll take you right into our server, and there's all kinds of different channels and discussions going on there that you can hop into. So be sure to do that. And uh, like we were saying, you can subscribe on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash randomchatter. Hit the subscribe and like buttons, and you can even get notified of when we go live or when we post new content. We are going to be structuring the YouTube shows a little bit differently here pretty soon. We're going to be releasing smaller shows uh, scattered throughout the week. Um, we are experimenting with that starting either next week or the week after. I think we're going to start with it next week. So there'll be a little bit of a change in the format, but hopefully this will be a, a, an enhanced experience for our YouTube viewers and also for our audio podcast listeners as well. Um, don't forget to go to randomchatter.com slash store. And uh, because if you stocked up on random chatter, forced chatter, media chatter, t-shirts, or t-shirts from any of the other shows because it's warming up. And then you got hit with this snow <laughs> like we did here this weekend. You might want to pick up one more sweatshirt just as the, the spring is coming in here. So uh, it's a great way to help out the network, all kidding aside. And then you get something out of it and actually really good quality product. So check that out as well. That's going to do it for this episode of Random Chatter. We're going to be back tomorrow night, Monday. March 14th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's GMT minus five now that we've had the time change in the U.S. And we are going to be discussing the Atom Project in more detail. And then the week after that, I think we're going to be talking about upload. Uh, and then otherwise, we will be back next Sunday for more random chatter. So tune in then. And until then, take care.